It's time to switch off from your busy and listen in to this conversation with Julia Ewart. Julia is a sales strategist and the thing that I love about Julia is her blunt approach to sales. Let's face it, if we aren't in it to make a sale, well, we aren't really in it at all. I love her dedication to purposeful selling and selling with margin. And that's a lot about, you know, a lot of what we're talking about today. And you're going to get a lot out of it. I personally got a lot from our conversation. I know you're going to too. So listen in. Now, if you want to follow up on anything that we talk about with Julia, then you need to be following her over on LinkedIn. She hangs out over there. She puts some really great, interesting stuff up and you can search her up over at LinkedIn, Julia Ewart. And Ewart is spelled E-W-E-R-T. So get over there and check her out, but have a good listen. You're going to learn a lot of really helpful stuff to get you selling with purpose and selling with some margin in your business. If you're an ambitious business owner, ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. So welcome to the podcast, Julia. Thanks, Jen. It's good to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Very excited to be talking about sales today. We either, I feel like people either love sales or hate sales. So I'm thinking you're going to love it and hopefully you'll make us love it a little bit more by the end of our conversation as well. But tell us a little bit about yourself and your business before we get stuck into it. Sure, Jen. Um, it is a pleasure to be here. So thank you. Um, so I am simply my own name. So I am Julia Hewitt and um, my business exists or the company that I run exists to help businesses do three things. I help other business, businesses to convert more clients more often, and for more margin. So I've worked with some of the biggest companies in the world who have spent millions and millions of dollars researching and implementing sales processes. So essentially, Jen, I have an eight-step sales process based on world's best practice that's now available at a local level, and it helps businesses to convert more clients more often and for more margin. I actually love that you say for more margin because it's one thing to be converting, but it's a completely different thing to be converting clients that can bring you the level of income and profit that you actually want and need and expect in your business. So the fact that you actually make a strong point of including that in your what I do for people is that's really impressive. And I don't know that I'm trying to think, you know, if I've ever seen people really kind of sell that part before, but it is important. Yeah. The reason why it's so important is a couple of, there's a few reasons and why I'm, I'm particularly passionate about this third point, Jen, is because people in business are discounting too often. Absolutely. It's not necessary. And so if I was to sell you something that was, let's say $10,000, and then you spoke to someone next week, and they bought from me and they found, and you found out they paid $8,000, how would you feel? Yeah. Yeah. It's so and true. So why do we discount? The price should be the price. And so it's not as simple as that though. So I'm in some business groups and I watch people say things like, oh, um, my, what I'm selling is this much. And, you know, is that too expensive? And people are telling me they can get it cheaper somewhere else. 
And I watch, Jen, I see hundreds of people chime in and say things like, no, Jen, you are totally worth uh, $250 an hour. I know someone that's 300, you should put your price up. And so I see loads of people being cheerleaders and supportive, which is great, but it's actually 100% not helpful because mm. it's one thing to know that, yes, well, I should charge more, but how does that actually happen? Yeah. People to do it. So I teach people to, um, I teach people essentially it's a negotiation strategy so that they never have to discount their prices. And uh, the more competitive uh, the industry is that a business works, the better this stuff actually, or the more successful it is. Yeah. And I'll even show businesses how to put their prices up and still win the business at full price with a happy customer willing to pay it because someone should be the most expensive. Why shouldn't it be you? Absolutely. And I, I speak about it a little bit from the perspective of kind of value pricing and that sort of thing. So I'm thinking that's probably where you kind of go when you're having these conversations with people about, you know, one, understanding the value that you're actually giving to the clients that you're working with, that's the first place, and then having the ability to kind of articulate that value as well to make price a non-issue. Is it kind of like, do you kind of go down that path? I mean, you'll you'll be a lot more structured and everything in your teachings, but is it kind of going down that path? Um. It's, the price question is one of the probably the, the top five things I'm asked about. Yeah. And it's not such a it's not so much about knowing your value proposition. What it is, it's a phrase that I use quite a lot, um, which is you cannot charge a premium price if your customer doesn't have a premium experience. Yeah. Now this does not mean they get cocktails and arrival and valet parking. What this means, a premium experience is how you make them feel. And it comes back to really fundamental concepts that there is nothing more infuriating than talking to somebody who thinks they understand you and you go, this person has no clue at all. And on the other side, there's nothing more satisfying when going, wow, Jen really gets me. She completely understands, yes, 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 yes. Everything Jen says, I'm saying, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. So that yeah. is very satisfying. And that is about a premium experience because what people tend to do when they are selling, no matter whether it's professional services or uh, what the product or service is that you're selling, what we tend to do, what a lot of businesses tend to do is what I have uh, called the, the show up and throw up. And the show up and throw up is when you get <laughs> and you say, hi, Jen, my name's Julia. I'm so glad you've come to talk to me today. Um, here is all the reasons why I'm fabulous. Here's my value proposition. Here's what I sell. Here much, here's how much it costs. Here is seven different case studies I can give you. Me, 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 me. Yes. And the caveat I put on that is people are doing that because they're enthusiastic and sometimes because they're nervous yeah. and sometimes because they don't know what else to do. But the research tells us that that is the number one way to have someone never buy from you. Yeah. Wow. That I love that I love the term show up and throw up because I'm sure we've all done it before at some point in our business lives. And I'm sure we've all at some point walked away from that particular sales meeting and just cringed and just gone, oh my God, I just couldn't shut up, you know? 
So we kind of almost know we're doing it sometimes, but it's how to stop it. And I guess that's what you kind of do is give people that real process around what it is that they should be doing. So you do have something to follow. So you don't just show up and throw up. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to your point earlier, Jen, where you, you know, you led with um, some people love sales and some people hate sales. And, uh, and I get interviewed on a lot of uh, podcasts and media for the same content. And that's one phrase that people say all the time. Oh, we're going to talk about something that everyone hates, to, something that everybody hates today, which is sales. Mm-hmm. Part of my mission and what I actually do and what I stand for is to not talk about what sales isn't, which is things like um, it's not dirty, it's not pushy, it's not this, it's not that. I want to talk about what sales is. Sales is necessary. Yeah. Full and stop. sales is yeah. actually about helping people solve a problem. Mm. So sales is about connecting with people. It's about listening. It's about giving them a premium experience. It's nothing to do with all the stuff that makes people dirty. And so every time I hear someone bring up those associations, I say, well, why don't we just change their mindset? Because, um, you know, it can be sales that the poor cousin or the dirty cousin that no, one's talk- no one talks about. But why isn't sales as accepted as marketing? Yeah, it's so true, you know, because we have um, our experiences with sales are often tainted by the poor experiences that we have had. If we begin to have good experiences, all of a sudden it does shift and we start to love the sales meetings. We love the sales conversations because we're, you know, we're getting some good results from it. So I guess it's just like getting from that point where you are selling and not really sure what you're doing and not necessarily getting the results you want for the margins that you want, the prices that you want, and then finding out what it is that you want to do, how you're going to do it, and getting some positive results to just give you that momentum. Yeah, this is spot on. Mm. And I say a lot to, um, to businesses and most people get into business for one of two reasons. I find they have a passion and or a talent. Sometimes it's circumstance, but mostly it's because people have a passion or as well as they're having a talent. And that's great. However, if you cannot get someone to pay you for that, you don't get to do your passion or a talent. Yeah. So the reason my business or my company is so successful is because I can sell. And I'm not cheap to work with, mm. but I have I have raving fans of the work that I do because it is simple real words real world sales where people don't feel weird they don't feel pressured or awkward yeah and I know that I can sell which is um you know I'm actively in the arena so what I teach this eight-step program of what I teach I do it day in and day out and if I reflect on every customer every global corporation every local business I put this program into not one of them had their arm twisted behind their back. Not one of them was pressured and felt forced to work with me. Yeah. So sales is not about that stuff that um, people associate with being um, a negative connotation, but it's necessary. You if mentioned. You cannot learn to sell. You do not have a business. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned marketing and often I see sales and marketing kind of lumped in as one function, as one process, but always as kind of the ugly duckling of the two because marketing 
is potentially easier and more fun and whatever it might be. What's your thoughts around that, you know, sales and marketing, should they be together? Should they not? What do we need to start thinking about when it comes to sales and marketing? Yes, this is a really broad topic. Mm. And the idea is uh, here that um, they're not the same, but they are closely related and they should be best buddies. And you cannot have one without the other. Let me let me explain why, Jen. So if I give a broad definition in terms of communication ratio, in terms of communicating, marketing is a one-to-many ratio. One message to many, ideally your target market. Sales is a one-to-one message. So it's not good enough to have great marketing, a fabulous strategy, the best website with loads of traffic, great funnels set up and funnels are not marketing, sorry, funnels are not sales, funnels are marketing. It is not good enough to have that if you've got leads coming in, but you can't convert them. Yeah. Because if that's the case, all I need you to do now is just take all the money you're planning on spending on marketing in the next 12 months and just light it up in a pile of smoke because that's what you're doing. Absolutely. So I get businesses that ask me all the time and companies that say, well, what should we do first, our marketing or sales? Or they say things like, oh, Julia, that money that we're about to spend with you, we could redo our new website, we could we could do all this stuff on marketing. And I say, well, you shouldn't, a company of your size, for example, um, you should not afford to do either. You should not do either until you can afford to do both because it's not good enough to have great marketing bringing leads in if you can't convert them. You just Absolutely. Do you find many people actually calculating their conversion rates and things like that? Um, Yeah, no. no. So my conversion ratio is probably at the moment about 84%. Right. So, and again, if I can't convert, people shouldn't hire me. Yes. I'm I'm actively actively in the arena. And and this is the thing, it just shows that this stuff works because there's no, um, this is based, this is a human process. Hmm. It's based on humble sales a process that's trust building. Yeah. None of all the, the rubbish that people actually think is associated is actually really still around anymore. Yeah. So it makes people still feel uncomfortable and dirty, but I just think that's that's their loss if that's the position they're in, they're thinking, because they stand to lose revenue. Surely every one of your listeners has a business, Jen, that's worth making money for. And surely every one of your listeners got into business because they had a passion, a talent or circumstance and they actually want to make money. Yeah. So and don't so do have, don't do the world a disservice by not selling. Yeah. And you know, I have people think all the time, uh, companies say to me, "Oh, the answer to our problems um, is to do more marketing." I say, "No. Your marketing's fine. The answer to your problems is you can't convert. You've mm. got all these leads coming in and you're not converting them. Or you're sending out proposals and it, you're not following them up." Yeah, donuts. This makes no sense at all. So get yourself a process that is the same as every other um, part of your business that you can um, put a process in place. It's possible for sales and it's not all that difficult. Yeah. So should we go through your eight-step process in summary? Would that be a good place for people to start to get them really thinking about their sales process or lack thereof? Yeah, so rather than going through the eight steps, what I'll go because uh, in, in a, essentially there is no short version of the eight steps. Yeah. So the program is quite intensive when I talk about what the eight steps are, but it's based on three key principles, Jen. Perfect. Which helps businesses do three things. It's based on qualifying, converting, and following up. Yeah. 
And I'll break those down to, uh, to explain what that means. So qualifying is about getting companies and businesses in front of more qualified prospects. Yeah. Because ideally, we don't want more people. We want more of the right kind of person to talk to, right? Yeah, absolutely. So qualifying is getting in front of more of the right kind of person. Converting, this is where the heavy work uh, goes in. And this is what to say and what to do when you're in front of somebody. This is how to avoid the show up and throw up and what to do in replace of that. Yeah. This is what to say and what to do so that you never have to discount how you can put your prices up and still win the business at full, at full margin with our customer happy to pay it. It's also what to say and what to do when you're in a competitive space and you know that there's lots of people doing what you do. In the converting part of the program, I teach businesses how to stand out in a noisy space and it's actually not that hard because if you're working in a competitive space and everyone's doing the same thing, which generally they are, it's not that hard to be different. So if I showed you 10 blue coffee mugs and suddenly I showed you one that was green, not that hard to be different, not that hard to stand out. So this is what mm. we do in the, in the converting and follow up, which is also a big part of the program. And this is about what to do after the proposal has been sent, because what generally happens is uh, people send a proposal and you can see me, Jen, but your listeners can't. This is what happens normally. We send a proposal and we do this. Exactly. And I'm crossing my fingers and I'm closing my eyes and I'm hoping. And holding my breath. Please yes. get back to me really fast. <laughs> and uh, I don't know about you, Jen, but hope is a terrible business strategy. Mm. So, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so in the, in the follow-up part of this, this eight steps, this is about what to do because the research tells us that 80% of new business takes between five and 12 value-added phone calls yeah. for it before it converts. But here's what normally happens. We send the proposal and we either do the hoping, crossing our fingers and hoping, or maybe we'll make a phone call or send an email. That, and, that, and if we send the email, it's what I call the, it's the, did you get my email email? Yeah, <laughs> we've all done that one. Right. <laughs> Jen, just checking, yeah, just yeah. checking that you actually got my email. Sometimes they go into junk. And if people are brave enough to pick up the phone, they'll say something like, hi, Jen, it's Julia. How's it going? How's your week been? I'm having some awkward chit chat because I feel awkward because I'm about to ask you for something here. Yeah. This is the weird part of sales that we don't have to do. And then eventually Jen knows what I'm going to ask her. And I know I'm going to ask her. We both know. And then I say something like, so Jen, I just wanted to check. I know you're really busy. Um, did you get that proposal I sent you last week? And then Jen goes, oh, my God, Julia, I definitely got it, but I've just, you know, I've, I've just swamped. been really busy. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, that's fine, Jen, no problem. Well, if you have any questions, give me a call. I hang up and we move on with that day. So to everyone doing that, I ask, now what are you going to do? What's your next move now? Because you can't do that again next week. Mm. So the research Le tells us, Need to leave the ball in your court, perhaps? Yeah. Well, yeah. so the research tells us, as I said, 80% of new business takes between five and 12 value-added phone calls before it converts. That phone call I just did then doesn't even count as one because there's yeah. no value in that. I'm ringing with my hand now. I'm asking you for money, essentially. Yeah. And that's not value for you. That's value for me. Yeah, absolutely. So does that mean we should expect as business owners and to have that sales process last over a really long period of time and just be okay with that well it depends what you're selling mm. so I know for me it takes uh sometimes um up to six months for some of my my prospects to convert sometimes it's a bit longer 
but on average it's probably three three months and in that three months there's probably two meetings either on zoom or face-to-face and maybe a couple of follow-ups after that over the phone right because new business 80 percent of it takes between five and 12 valuated phone calls so i don't go into a meeting for the first time expecting that that person's going to go well this sounds great take my money yeah i know it's going to take me at least one other meeting and probably a good couple of phone calls after that. So you, are you preempting those meetings and phone calls in that initial meeting? So setting the expectation that they're going to hear from you more coming yeah, in the future? This is not my first rodeo. I've been doing this for 24 years. I know how the system works. And if any of your listeners, are um, depending on what they're selling and what their buying cycle is like, Jen, if they're walking into a first meeting and uh, as one of my clients once coined it, chat and hope that was their strategy chat and hope <laughs> if you were, if you're doing chat and hope it's not a great strategy um unless it is then good for you then maybe you can teach me some stuff <laughs> but this is not a great strategy so i'm turning up at a meeting knowing that i'm going to play the long game here so that i'm never disappointed yeah because i know i know the system and i'm doing so i as i said i'm actively in the arena doing these eight steps myself i've got an 84% conversion ratio so I know the system works. It's actually really interesting listening to you talk that through because that's how it actually is for me in my business. I will often get people, I do get people to like, you know, that get people to sign up. That sounds hideous. I no. do get signups on. The, this is necessary, right? Yeah, this is the <laughs> that's true. Listen to me. Yes. Right. <laughs> so on that first call, but. There are, there's so much more work that I get, great clients that I get by keeping in touch with them over an extended period of time. And right. it's actually, that is actually what you're saying is, is mirroring what happens in my business. I've just never really thought about it really intently, I suppose. And with any, uh, never really thought about, have using it as a strategy either so yeah that's really interesting so this is where the um the perfect blend of marketing and sales happens because if you're if you're meeting with people and then people want to think about it which is completely reasonable absolutely so we should never be disappointed when someone says i want to think about it." particularly when you're when you're wanting to price yourself at at the higher end of the market of course expect that people will think about it this is Mm. great this is necessary this is part of the process yeah um, and I would suggest if you're converting on the first go, you're too cheap. So yeah. that's a topic for another day. Mm. However, um, people should think about it. But this is a part where marketing and sales work together, Jen, because the power of having a newsletter list or a subscribe list, this is marketing over and over again to your medium to long-term people. Sales is the phone calls that you make to them in between time. Remember, marketing one-to-many, sales one-to-one. Yeah. What makes sales is one-to-one conversations. The other thing I'll mention there too is that a lot of businesses uh, are doing sales by accident, which is that the chat and hope. Mm. I'm chatting with Jen. I'm explaining my wares. um, I'm showing the value. Why didn't Jen buy from me? Well, because you didn't have a process. Yeah. I love actually that you always, you're constantly referring to a phone call, whereas so many of us these days get trapped in just the back and forwards email thing. And, yeah, and, and, and it's almost as though it's like we, we don't want to 
we don't want to interfere in somebody's daily life by picking up the phone and calling them. Yeah, do you know, it's interesting. This is, uh, again, this is the topic, uh, one of the other five or six things I get asked on all the time, yeah. which is the power of the phone. And I don't know, Jen, maybe we need to have a whole series of these episodes. I think we might need to. <laughs> there is so <laughs> much stuff to go into. And I will talk about the email versus phone thing. So um, so if you think about your inbox, how many, how many emails, I, I think, you know, if you ask your listeners, how many in, emails do you all receive a day? Uh-oh. More than 10, more than 20, more than 50? Yeah. I don't know. How many do you get in a week? 100, a 200, 500, 1,000 emails a week, whatever it is. How, again, this is talks about expectations. If you are then sending someone an email and expecting that one email to do all the work for you to have someone hand you their money, mm. again, your expectations are wrong. You are competing with someone's inbox. Yeah, yeah. There that's a really good way to think about it. In there. Yeah. Why would you want to play in a space that's noisy? Don't you want to run a race? That no one else is running. Do something different. Get pick up the phone. Yeah, have like the conversation. Who wants to play in a race where there's a thousand entrants? Mm. I mm. want to play. I want to run the race that no one else is running, which is the phone. Yeah. Plus, and and this comes back to a point you mentioned earlier about the value proposition. It's more than that. So I am one hundred percent convinced that what I sell will change a business. I've got testimonial after case study after testimonial after case study of, of this eight steps completely changing the way businesses operate and showing revenue through the roof as a result. It's not unusual for most of my clients to have made their money back in the first two or three weeks after we started working together. Uh, This is normal, in fact. So the reason I say that is because when I can then call somebody on the phone, I know I I come from a position of, Jen, I'm calling you today because we had a great chat last week. I've sent you the stuff. I need you to have a look at it. Because when we got together the first time, Jen, you told me that this is probably the single most important thing you wanted to focus on right now. And you also told me how much revenue you're missing out on by not moving this forward. So I'm simply trying to help you solve a problem here, Jen, but I'm stepping up the level of urgency because I'm here to serve you. Yeah. So just help me manage my expectations, Jen. Um, Is this something you want to move on now? Or are you um, planning to put it on ice and I'll circle back to you when do you think the right time would be? Mm. So I come from a place of, what I have, you want. And you know you want it because we spoke about it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that makes a big difference. Yes. And otherwise you would have said to me, Julia, this sounds great, um, but you know what? It's, it's probably the wrong time for me. Or do you know what? This is probably not the right there. I, I don't think categorically we're going to be able to financially make that work. Or do you know what? We've got some other priorities first, but not mm-hmm. right now. See, people are great at saying no. So yeah. you haven't said no to me, but as I said, you're, we're all, if you're relying on your emails to sell for you, and this is, again, difference between marketing and sales, marketing automations, necessary for all your listeners. And if you haven't got automation set up, they're great. Speak to your marketer, speak to Jen, speak to Jen. We'll have a big enough network if she can't do it herself. So Yeah, definitely. So get your marketing ducks in a row so that when you need to sell to people, half your work's done. They know who you are. They're getting your newsletter. They've had some some pleasant, um, not intrusive automations from you. Yeah, but so, interactions. Yeah. Yes, because otherwise you're entering a race where there's a thousand people in it, which is someone's inbox. So, and this is about you know that the power of the phone call as well. You've got to have the right words to have the confidence behind it. I've been doing this for a long time. Mm. Um, but I do come from a place of, well, this person was interested. 
no one dies when I pick up the phone. No one dies. Yeah. I use a scale of burnt toast and death for most things. Most of the things we deal with are burnt toast. There's not much death, especially when it comes to making a sales phone call, but no one dies. And if you come from a place of going, well, I'm entering the race that no one else is running, you got a pretty good chance of winning. Pick yeah. up the phone. Make the phone call. <laughs> yeah, just do it. And it's something that once you've done it once or twice, picking up the phone call will just become, picking up the phone will just become second nature. I've no doubt about it. Like I've been in business for over 20 years. You've been in business for over 20 years. And there was a period of time for a really long time where there was no options and picking up the phone was just a normal part of doing business. And somehow we have managed to just swap that over for the email. And so as well to your point before, Jen, about sometimes people don't pick up the phone because they go, oh, I know Jen's really busy and she's got yeah. things on. But I come from a place of Jen, Jen's business would be better if I was in it. Yeah. Jen's business would be better if she hired me. So I come from a place that is assertive, knowing that I'm here to serve Jen to help her. So mm. if you're coming from a place of, oh, I can't pick up the phone and ring Jen because, you know, she's busy. Well, you're busy too, right? Are we not all busy? Not that I enjoy that word to begin with, but yeah, we've all got stuff on. Everyone has competing priorities. So if, if your default position is, oh, I just couldn't bother someone with a phone call, I would suggest if that's your position, do not pick up the phone call. Get some work done on what your value is and how can how convinced you are in um because it yeah. sounds to me that you wouldn't buy from you not you personally jen but yeah if, if that's the position that someone has and well, i couldn't pick up the phone and say that well if you wouldn't buy from you you can't expect mm. someone else to why would somebody else so um and there's a whole range of stuff that i i, I teach on this because it's not just as simple as pick up the phone you've got to be able to have a reason and say the reason i'm calling you today is yeah great and if you have the confidence of knowing the words, the phone call becomes easier. So anyone that's out there spooky and say, just pick up the phone, it's super easy. I say, it's not super easy. Mm. You've got to learn how to do it right. And yeah. we start slow. Um, the process that I teach is actually supercharged and built for introverts. Uh, so these are not people that are bursting at the seams, full of personality and dominating. I teach most people that are introverts. So I work with a lot of professional services and these are non-traditional salespeople. And mm. if it's the program, if I was to call the business something other than Julia, you at my own name, it's not a very, um, it's not a great word, but it would be simply like humble sales. Yeah. What we're doing. Humble sales in a way that people can connect. You don't have to be an extrovert, just stuff that works in a way that makes people feel comfortable. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like the sooner we all get out of our own way when it comes to sales and actually start thinking more strategically and considering that it it does require a process, the faster we're actually, we're just going to start growing our businesses. We're going to start growing our confidence and, you know, it's kind of a, you need that confidence in order to be able to take that next step. Yeah, I know, I know for a fact that, um, if I didn't have the, the training and skills behind me to make the sales phone calls, I would not have made near the revenue I had made and in, in my business. And whether that's a gross concept, similar to you saying before, oh, I signed someone up, that's gross, that's gross, but it's not gross, it's necessary, yeah. it's part of your business. 
So bringing on clients is what we do. It's not gross. Making a sale, it's not gross. Necessary. It is necessary. We're here to run businesses. We need to make sales to survive, like it or not. So having a sales process and knowing the power of picking up the phone, this has made me hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. And as I said, my, my customers are not kicking and screaming. No. In fact, you have forced my hand to buy from you and give you all this money. How dare you call me like this? And are you calling people out of the blue or are you or is it is it a pre-organized appointment phone call, you know, or do you kind of do run with a bit of a mixture of both? Yeah, I'll I'll give you a a couple of uh, practical tips here that you can use. And the two Mm. things that I use all the time, so I never finish a meeting without having booked in the next one. Yeah, perfect. Not a, hey, this was great. We should do this again sometime. Yeah, we totally should. Mm. No, no. And the phrase I use, and my clients always joke and say, if I was ever going to get T-shirts made up, not that I would, this would be the phrase on a T-shirt or a mug or a cap. Yeah. It would say, I've got my my calendar handy. Do you have yours? Yeah, right. So every time I'm in a meeting with someone over the coffee table, over Zoom, wherever it is, and we're finishing up. I say, Jen, you've got some stuff to think about today. Um, and I'll, I'll leave you with that. I'll send you a proposal in the next couple of days. But you know what? Let's keep the momentum going. I can tell this is important for your business. Let's meet again. Um, what is it today? It's Friday. I'll have something to you by Tuesday. What, what's your schedule like next Wednesday? I've got my camera yeah. handy. And I actually yours? love that if when you can make the next booking while you're there in the conversation in the moment it just saves a whole lot of back and forwards and and potential loss you know you yep. get, you could lose that client really quickly and easy because they are genuinely busy you know our clients are genuinely busy business people so it's easy to lose them and and to lose that momentum just because We've had seven emails about trying to find a time that's going to suit everybody. Yeah, so I don't do, I never do that. I never do the exchange mm. emails for let's find a time. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to meet with me ever and they say we should meet, when are you free? I'll send you some time. So I say, no, please give me your phone number. And you know what? You actually did that with me with this interview when we were trying to schedule right. a time, like you're over in Western Australia and I'm in Victoria. So there's that slight time difference, but that was very noticeable. That stood out. Most people, everybody does the back and forwards, the back and forwards, or, you know, go into the calendar and select your own appointment, that right. sort of thing, which is which is very handy and can be streamlined. But it meant that you and I actually had a phone call and we yes. were having a full conversation and we knew each other before we jumped on here. Do you know what I mean? So like, this is not, I make do not do this by accident. Yeah. I talked before about people in business doing sales by accident. That is a purposeful step in my process. Anyone that wants to meet with me, whether it's for a media interview, whether it's a prospect, anyone, and they say, when are you free? This is over email, right? Because we always meet over email. I say, yep, I don't exchange emails um, because if your inbox is anything like mine, again, why would you want to compete in the race that a thousand people are in? I say, give me your number, Jen. I'll give you a call and, um, and let's just be super efficient. And what this does, it gives us five minutes on the phone to say, hey, you sound nice. I sound nice. Let's pick a time. I'll see you in four weeks time. Yep. Awesome. Let's connect on LinkedIn in between time. See Done. you in four weeks. I'll send the invite. Did you get it? I've just sent it now. Did you get it? Jen goes, yeah, yeah, I've got it. Good. This yeah. is a very purposeful step in my process because I want two things. I want some, I want some voice time with you. I want us to exchange hellos like proper humans. I want to book the appointment, which we always do a few weeks out because my schedule's never um, I'm, I'm 
available Never immediately. Free. Mm-hmm. And then I say, hey, let's connect on LinkedIn in between times so we can just start learning about each other. Yeah. 100% of people are always up for that. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? Why would you not? Yeah. But we don't, we tend not to think about it. I guess we're in such a hurry to try and streamline everything and, and, there are so many there's so much technology out there that allows us to get away with it as well like it it allows us to avoid the phone call to avoid the face-to-face contact as much as possible because we have so much technology and we kind of get it you know people get at us as well about you need to be more efficient that's not efficient making phone calls and you know and playing phone tag is not efficient but if it's effective then there's room for that little tiny piece of potential inefficiency. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, love it. Thanks so much, Julia. I feel like we could, you're right, we could do a whole series on this and maybe we actually should because I just love just hearing all of this stuff. It's all, everything when it comes to sales is, it's not always things that we haven't thought of before. It's not always things that we haven't heard before, but when you think about it in the moment that you're in, in your business and you, cause every business goes through different periods and when we can rehear and re-listen and, and take the advice that you can give and we can apply it to our businesses as they are happening today with the issues that we have in our business today, then it's kind of like a never ending learning process for us as business owners. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, thanks for having me along today. Loved it. Yeah. Thank you. Wherever you are listening in the world, I hope you've got some great advice from Julia today. I actually, I don't hope, I know you would have. So hopefully we can get her back again and have some more conversations around this. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Julia. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.